Welcome, welcome in, welcome back to the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. It has been a while since we've done an episode, but we are officially back, and I am joined now for this episode by David Shane. How's it going? And today we're going to hit on three topics for you. We're going to talk about whether or not the Milwaukee Bucks can be stopped in the East. Then we're going to hit on where will Tom Brady play next season And finally, we'll close out the show talking about what do the Philadelphia 76ers do now that their top two stars are injured. But I want to start off with the first topic of the show being, can the Bucs be stopped in the East? And in my personal opinion, I think that the Milwaukee Bucks can be stopped and for a couple reasons. First off, Giannis is really the only superstar on this team. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Chris Middleton. I like what he does. But he has a tendency to disappear in the playoffs. And the team built around Giannis is nice. And, I mean, if you look at the regular season, as it stands, they're 50-8. and eight, So, like, this is no pushover team. They already locked a playoff spot before March hit. So that, once again, is something super impressive. But when it comes to basketball, it's really all about the postseason and what you can do there. And Giannis, he, he can only do so much for a team. And Chris Middleton does have the tendency to disappear like he did last year in the playoffs. I think that Bledsoe is going to have to play the best basketball of his life for them to be able to move out of the East. And, I mean, you have the Lopez brothers. They can be hot. They can be cold. You you don't really know what you're going to get from them on a nightly basis. Wesley Matthews, I mean, take it or leave it. I don't really have an opinion about him. Ersan, eh. So, I mean, like, they have the players. But for me, it's really... Two big things for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's can Giannis really carry them all the way to a finals? And the other big factor, and it's been talked about not by just me, but by multiple people, which is can Chris Middleton play up into his contract? And does he have the ability to shoot like he has this regular season? Because he's a very good player. And so I think they can be stopped. And now I'm going to throw it to David. David, your thoughts on whether or not the Bucks can be stopped in the East. So, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I had the Sixers as coming out of the East, so I wasn't as high on the Bucks as, as other people. And a month ago, if you had asked me the same question, I probably would have said that they can be stopped. I agree that a team built around Giannis and then just all building around him. We saw what the Raptors did to them when they beat them last year. Just put everyone in the paint, put your best defender on Giannis, try to stop him, and make everyone else beat you. And Bledsoe was terrible. Middleton was okay, but they didn't really just have the shooting around him. And, I mean, Brooke Lopez was on fire, and he's obviously come back to earth this year. So he, I don't think they necessarily have the shooting around him to um, to be the undisputed favorite to get there. And so a month ago I would have said that. But just watching them over the whole season, they are so good. They're just so good. They are, uh, over the season, they are, in fact... They have the best record, the best net rating, first in point differential, first in points per game, first in defense, first in true shooting, first in opponent field goal percentage, first in rebounding. Like, they're just first across the board. They're so good that by looking at these other teams, I just don't think they can be stopped. I really just don't see any team being able to stop them because I think the only team that was really built to be able to beat them are the Sixers, and they obviously have... 
tons of problems. Yeah, we'll we'll be hit, we'll be hit on that a little bit later. Yeah. But I think that another big thing, I mean, then this is a huge difference between this year and last year is Kawhi Leonard. I mean, the guy went to the he had in my lifetime that I remember witnessing. Again, I can't say that I witnessed Michael Jordan because I'm only 20 years old from like what I can remember, but the Kawhi Leonard last year had the best, most absurd playoff run I've seen out of anybody in my lifetime. And so removing him from the East obviously opened up this way for the Bucks. Now, the Raptors have still really surprisingly held their ground for, you know, losing a guy like him and losing Danny Green. But they've still been able to hold, hold their ground down in the East. But if you were to ask me who's the biggest threat to them right now... I mean, I got to say it's got to be the Celtics, personally. I mean, Jason Tatum has been playing out of his mind. I mean, a ton of people have said he's a star, not yet a superstar, but he is clearly working his way to superstar at this point. Kemba Walker's been dealing with an injury, but it's nothing long-term. He'll be back. Cantor can get you points if you need it. He is capable of getting you 20 points in a playoff game. Gordon Hayward is coming back around to starly look like slowly look like him old self. And Jalen Brown is balling out when you need him to. So, in my personal opinion, they can be stopped. I think the team right now that's fit to put on the biggest fight is the Celtics. What say you? I I agree with that. I, I like the Celtics. I think when you look at the Raptors, I just think defensively, I think that they're a pretty good match for the Bucks on offense. But offensively, I just don't. The Bucks are so good on defense, I just don't think the Raptors can score enough. If you watch the Bucks Raptors game, um, this was a few days ago. Like Siakam just couldn't do anything inside. They stick Lopez there. Giannis is there. They have good help defense. And Toronto's best player, Siakam, just couldn't do anything. Um, and he kind of salvaged the game with hitting some threes. But I just think the Bucks match up so well defensively against the Raptors that unless Van Vliet and Lowry just have the series of their life, like they did, they, they happened to uh, in the playoffs last year, Van Vliet just like went, couldn't miss a shot. Um, I just don't think the Raptors can beat them. Uh, the Sixers obviously have their problems. We'll have to see more on the, what uh, happens with the injuries to Embiid and Simmons. Yeah. But the Celtics, I love the Celtics individually. Like I like Kemba. I'm, I, I like Tatum. I think he's really good. I think he's there's a good chance he'll be a top ten player in the NBA in the years to come. Um, I like Hayward. He's you know he, he was on fire before the injury and he's slowly working back up to that. I've always been a huge Jalen Brown fan, uh, and I, I like the contract. I love Smart. Like I love all their players individually, but the problem with them, I think, is just their interior defense, and they don't really have a great defensive center. Uh, I mean, Tice has been like impressive defensively, but he's it's still true. undersized. Yeah, and I just yeah. think with Giannis driving down, I just don't think they can really have anyone to stop Giannis. So I think they have the best chance, but at this moment, I would definitely take the Bucks in that series. Yeah, no, that's a very solid point is that – Giannis, I mean, he's not afraid to shoot the ball, but he's not great at it. And when he drives, I mean, there's nobody really, maybe in the entire East that, I mean, obviously there's Joel Embiid, but outside of him, there's not many guys that Giannis can drive and he would get blocked by. I mean, there's not too many guys that are willing. I mean, there might be willing guys, but not guys that will beat him in an in-the-paint fight. And a quick point on the Raptors with Siakam is that last year Siakam was kind of like, this breakout guy, and he had really had his best season, so people were and players, coaches were still trying to figure out what to do with him. And he, I mean, I'm not saying that he's bad, but he's slightly come back down to earth this year because you were able to have a whole season plus a championship run worth of tape to know what his game is and isn't. And so he hasn't really been talked about much. 
this year. But yeah, when it comes down to the East, now we're we're not going to talk about the West this episode, but the West is a completely different episode. But for the East's sake, I just the Bucks seem to be the team right now that is rolling. And I mean, fifty and eight is an absurd record. Yeah. The only one one thing I also would just like to add is you mentioned how Tatum's been going off, and he has. He's been on fire. But Chris Middleton has been even better than Tatum. Statistically, last 12 games, their numbers are almost identical. They're both averaging 29, and then Middleton averages more rebounds and more assists. And he shoots, his percentages are better across the board. He's 53 to 51, uh, 49 to 49. They're both shooting 49% from three. And then Middleton's 95% from the line, while Tatum's only 78. So Middle's better on literally every number over the last 12 games per 36. So I like... It's crazy that how good Tatum's been, but Middleton's been even better. I think he's really a key yes. to the Bucks and in the playoffs. See, that, like, that's what we're saying is that, uh, don't get me wrong, I like Middleton, I like what he's able to do, but he just he seems to just fold when it comes to the playoffs. And, I mean, especially last year, like, I barely remember the name Chris Middleton when it came to the playoffs. So, and another thing that I think is kind of funny about when you talk about, like, media and national media and coverage of who's doing what is that, He's literally having, I mean, it's again, it's only a short little stint so far that their stats are from, but still, everyone's talking about Tatum's doing this, Tatum's doing that, he's breaking out. Obviously, he's younger than Middleton, but like, put some respect on Middleton's name, and that's what you're. That's another big talk people are talk, saying contracts and who attracts what. Is that obviously a Boston media and a Boston market is a lot bigger than Milwaukee, so they're going to get more national attention. Which is a shame for guys like Chris Milton, who got that big contract and plays a lot and is playing statistically better than Tatum. But, I mean, at the same time, it's just, it's a tough balance, for sure, when you talk about national media. Yeah, I mean, I think Middleton's been so good this year that I have more faith that he will be better in the playoffs. Um, the other thing is, is like, with them, like, you can... Um, you can rip on their experience, but like, when's, when's the last time Kemba's been in the playoffs? Like, I'm pretty sure he's never been in the yeah, playoffs. Hornets Tatum's, been, Tatum's been there, but he's never really been. He's never been the best. He's never had to lead a team in the playoffs like Kyrie was there. So, I mean, I still, I'm not sure the Celtics are really primed to beat the uh, Bucks. Yeah, so Dave and I both, at this point in the season, think that the Bucks are going to be coming out of the East. We agree that they can be stopped, but it's not looking like it so far. So now I want to transition into the NFL and talking about where will Tom Brady land. Okay, so originally I was super, super confident as early as like Tuesday, maybe Monday, I forget which day, that like I was like, you know what, Tom Brady, no chance he's leaving. He's staying in New England. They're going to work it out. No doubt in my mind that he's staying. And as I was typing out my notes for this podcast, sources were coming out, multiple of them, that had me shook. That literally, I I stopped typing, had to delete my take, and was like, I got to start over because it is not looking like I can be super confident that Brady is staying. And the sources, they're not just random. Like, it's not like one of my friends is like, oh, did you hear Brady is leaving? It's like, no, these are guys like Jeff Darlington and the Boston Herald. So, like, you know it has leverage and that it has something behind it. It's not just some random guy reporting. So, like... I saw the report. Apparently, Jeff Darlington said that he would be surprised. And this is a guy who reports for ESPN specifically in New England. So he's not just a nationwide guy. He specifically focuses on New England. And he said that he would be surprised if Brady stayed in New England, which really caught me off guard. Because I I was reading and I was like, oh, he's probably going to say something like, 
oh, I'm, at this point, I'm surprised that Tom Brady goes anywhere else. His take is that he's surprised that he'd be surprised that Tom Brady stays. And so deep down, I really want to say that Brady is staying because I mean, 20 years, I cannot picture Tom Brady in another jersey. So my gut is still saying that he's going to stay. However, it, I, I've been hearing also that it's been a couple months, you know, since contract negotiations negotiations have been thought out and talked about with the Patriots between Tom Brady and the Patriots. If he is to leave, three teams that I really see fit him would be A, the Titans, which a lot of people are saying are the favorite right now if he were to leave. B, I really like the Chargers. I initially had the Colts, but I saw some arguments. Colin Coward even said something like he doesn't really think that it would fit kind of his market and walking into work every day with the Peyton Manning kind of situation. So, I think the Colts, you can kind of push them aside. So I'm saying Titans and then Chargers. And I really think people are sleeping on the Buccaneers. I personally think that the Buccaneers would work out well with him. It'd be a nice warm weather. His family could live down there. They have a decent amount of weapons on offense. And their defense isn't too bad. So if Tom Brady is to leave and play somewhere else, which again, in my mind, I cannot picture him playing anywhere else except New England. I'm going to say Buccaneers. Chargers, Titans, but still deep down, I want to say that he's going to be a Patriot for life. Uh, David, what are your thoughts and what's your take on where you think Tom Brady's going to end up next year? Yeah, I'm totally with you. I was, this whole process, like before all that news came out, I was just like, there's no way he's leaving. He's going to stay. They're going to work something out. He's a franchise icon. They still, like they made it to the playoffs. They had a really good record. Granted, they had a really easy schedule. and But I mean, they still have a good defense. Yeah, and on that point, they made the playoffs. They lost in the first round at home, but they just called. They just happened to catch the hottest team in football, which are the Titans. And let's not act like it was just a whiff. I mean, the Titans won, and then they beat the best team in the NFL in the Ravens. So it wasn't like they just lost to some, you know, like beat up team that was no good. Yeah. So I just figured. I mean, they have they have this Jared Stidham guy. He was like this rookie six rounder or something. Like I didn't think they were really going to go with him. Um, it just made sense to me that he would stay. And then these reports come out yesterday that uh, Darlington reports that it looks unlikely he's going to go back to the Patriots, that they haven't really t- been talking uh, with co- about the contract. So, I mean, again, I, it, it's hard for me to say he's going to leave somewhere, but, you, I mean, we've seen Peyton Manning do this. We've seen other people do it. So, to me, there's three teams that uh, I would assume he's going to go to. If, if he leaves... The three teams to me are the Titans and Chargers, who you said, and then my third team would be the Raiders. Um, I feel like there's been a lot, like the Titans. Uh, I'm pretty sure Darlington said the Titans uh, were the he would have them as the favorite. I've seen a lot of other people say the Raiders are are, are going to be the favorite. Um, to me, the Titans and Chargers make the most sense because when I think about Brady, I think about the quarterback situation. I'm not I'm not high on Brady. I think he's pretty much done. Um, so do I really think he's going to go to the Raiders and replace Derek Carr? Like, like I'm no Derek Carr fan, but I don't think Brady's really any better than Derek Carr. And is he going to go to, um, the Colts, which there's speculation about? Like, I agree, the location's not great, and, like, Jacoby Brissett, also not, like, the highest Jacoby Brissett guy, but do I think Brady's that much better than Jacoby Brissett? Like, I don't think he's going to push him Not at this point, and there's also the rumors of that apparently the Colts are really high on bringing in a guy like Phil Rivers and then drafting a QB this year, developing him under Rivers, and then giving that guy the keys. So, you know, Colts overall. And, I mean, their running backs, 
There's nothing really anything to write home about. Receivers, all you really have is T.Y. Hillen, but he's getting older in age. I think Eric Ebron might be leaving the Colts, so I don't see that making a ton of sense. And I did also see something interesting. A lot of people, like you said, are high on the Titans being the favorite to sign him. I don't know how much of an upgrade at this point in his career Tom Brady is over Tannehill if Tannehill wants to stay. Yeah, that's that's where we would disagree more because when I look at the two most likely teams, I would see Titans and Chargers because of the quarterback situation. So I think Raiders with Derek Carr, I think Derek Carr is probably a little better than Brady. Brissett and Brady, I think, are about the same. Uh, Chargers are obviously looking for someone, so that's why, like to me, the Chargers would be the. I think the Chargers would be the best destination for me because it's a good, it's a pretty good location. You're in LA. It would help the Chargers out a lot with like ticket sales because their attendance is just so low. It would help them with that, and they don't like actually have a quarterback. In addition to the fact that like they're a talented team, like they have a, a lot of talent. They have, uh, I mean, Gordon's a free agent. We'll see what happens there, but they still have Keenan Allen. Their defense is good. They have Bosa. They have Derwin James. They just fell a little short last year. Like they had some injuries. Like Derwin James is a big one. So I think like they could actually compete and be a playoff team with Brady and with the Titans. So I'm very low on Tannehill. I don't think that postseason run is indicative of who is as a quarterback. We saw him a lot in Miami. Granted, he was in the best position, but I think Brady is a legitimate upgrade for the Titans. And I think if you put Brady in the playoffs over Tannehill, I think that they would you would see better results. Well, see, that's where in my mind it's kind of like. That could be what Tannehill is. Because, I mean, you think about it. When he was in Miami, the past whatever amount of years, X amount of years, Miami's never been the ideal situation for any quarterback, really. I mean, they got Fitzpatrick. He got, like, a game or two there. You got Rosen. Obviously, that guy's career is just, in my mind, done for. But his first chance to get NFL reps outside of Miami, he leads him to the AFC Championship game. So, I I think... If he wants to say, and he's a lot younger than Brady, I think Mariota's gone, so don't even think about him. The interesting point that I've seen, going back to you saying you could see Brady in L.A. on the Chargers, I think L.A. fits Brady a lot, and I could see Tom Brady being the L.A. guy, you know, from California growing up there. However, multiple people that I've, you know, seen and had this conversation with before, they talked about, do you really want to face Patrick Mahomes, reigning Super Bowl MVP, twice a season? For your last two, I mean, say say that he's got two years left and he's there. That's facing Mahomes four times, you know, in the next two years. Is that something that you really are willing to take on? And do you think that he would be able to carry the team like the Chargers out of that division? Because right now, the Chiefs may be the best team in football. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point that I hadn't really thought about. Yeah, he, the Chargers are in a tough division with the Chiefs there. I think the Chiefs are going to be... I think they. I mean, I honestly think they're going to be the new Patriots. I I think they could easily win five rings with Mahomes. I think he's that good, and the team's that good, and Reed is that good. Um, so I can see that happening. I just think the Chargers might be able to persuade him because I think they should have a motive for ticket sales and just for you know like to say they got Tom Brady and that the team's good enough to compete with him. And I think they may be able to sway Brady in free agency because I don't think his mind is made. I think a team's going to have to step up and actually like oh, no. persuade him to come. I, I think his mind. I think right now Brady's mind is as open to a return as it is to leaving. I think his mind is right now split 50-50. Yeah, so I think the most interesting thing with all this is is the Titans. Because I think Tannehill's just such a weird player. He was he he was okay in Miami, but he was obviously not, not very good. Couldn't lead them to any wins. And he gets to Tennessee, replaces Mariota, and has the best passer rating in the NFL. Like... 
He was really good, really accurate, led them to two playoff wins over the Patriots and Ravens. Like, really impressive. But then you look at it, he threw for less than 100 yards in both playoff games. Derrick Henry was just insane. He had one of the best... Non, like, non-human. That was like non-human. an NBA playoff run from, like, you've seen that, like LeBron. That like, was his... Minus the fact that they didn't win at all, his playoff run was similar to the dominance of Kawhi Leonard during their title yeah, run. Yeah, like, it was crazy. Like, it was something you don't see in football from a running back very often. You just see it from the quarterback. So I think he was just put in such a good situation that he was able to do these good things. If Like, if you put Tannehill in, a, in an AFC Championship game, which they did, um, he obviously couldn't uh, get him past the Chiefs. And if you put him in a Super Bowl, do I really think he's going to be a quarterback that can lead you past a Super Bowl team if you're facing the 49ers defense or something like that? I just don't, I just don't think that's, that he can. And I think that Brady is so good. He has so much experience that he can, he can add that to your team that's something that Tannehill doesn't have and maybe push you over the edge on a team if you're in a close game in the fourth quarter. And I also – one thing that intrigues me about Tom Brady – so people are saying, you know, two, maybe three years left. What if in his mind he wants one more year and his plan is to retire in California? So now you're saying he goes to the Chargers, that's his last year. Well, the Chargers have a very, very high pick in this year's draft. They could draft, say that they like a guy like Herbert or maybe, I know I'm hearing a lot of buzz now about Love, maybe somehow they end up with Tua. You get a really solid QB, nice one-year experience, under Tom Brady, then you take over. So maybe they sway him to get there for a year, also draft their guy, and then that, then that. I mean, that's a solid plan for the future. I mean, look at Garoppolo. He played, I mean, it was more than one season. He played multiple years under Brady. But, I mean, now he made the Super Bowl last year, so it's never a bad idea to sign a guy like Tom Brady and then want to develop somebody for a year underneath him. Yeah, I've seen a lot of talk about the Titans and them being the favorite, but... If I had to pick one, he makes the most sense for, I would say Chargers because they have the talent. They were in the playoffs two years ago. Uh, they, you know, a lot of some people had them winning the division over the Chiefs last year. They just happened to get unlucky with an injury to um, Derwin James and Phillip Rivers was just, you know. It and was, the Melvin Gordon holdout. Now, yeah. Eckler filled in okay, but he's not Melvin Gordon. Yeah, and I just thought the big thing is just Rivers just wasn't and yeah. he wasn't very good. So I think it would, I actually, like, if I'm the GM of the Chargers and one of my advisors says what you just said to me, like get Brady for a year. Maybe he only wants a year left draft Herbert or someone. Uh, I, that would be the plan for me as a Chargers, Cause I think they actually have a good chance to compete next year if they get a decent quarterback. And then hopefully Brady will be able to take on a mentor rule for one of these young quarterbacks because the talent on the Chargers, like I keep mentioning Derwin James, but like, he's like, this is, he is what a third year player this coming up this year. And Bosa yeah, young, is still on his nice young, solid they, defense. Yeah. They have like young pieces on that team. Keenan Allen and Melvin Ingram are still relatively young. We'll see what they do with Melvin Gordon. So I think that like getting a QB in the draft, and like you said, they have a top 10 pick, I think. So they would be able to get a, a pretty good quarterback and then just have him for the future. And maybe Brady is your quarterback for a year. So all that, all that talk where he could go, where Tom Brady could land, at the end of the day, as we're sitting here right now, I still think that he's now again. We're talking. We were talking just from the perspective of Tom Brady's gone because of multiple reports. However, I still think deep down, Tom Brady wants to finish his career Patriot. You've been there for twenty years, six titles. You're familiar with it. You still got the coach now. Do they see eye to eye? Not necessarily. Does he have weapons there? Virtually none. I mean, the rookie Harry wide receivers, Sanu. I saw. 
just today he's got to get more surgery because he didn't recover well. Edelman's getting up there in age. So you got to get Tom Brady weapons. If you can sit down with him and promise him you're going to get him a couple of weapons, then that's going to help you even more. But as we sit here today, I still think Tom Brady is going to be a New England Patriot at the end of the day. As we sit here today, real quick, what do you think? If if he were to make his decision right now, where do you think he ends up? Yeah, I, if I again, I still think the Chargers make the most sense. If I were a betting man and had the money on it, I would say Titans because of the reports that came out and because I think it makes some sense. And the one other thing is, yeah, with these reports, you might see them and say he's going elsewhere. But I also agree with you; it would be it's still hard for me to see him leaving. And I think it's up to a team to persuade him to come there, other than him looking at a team and go saying, "I would like to play here." I think a team's gonna have to persuade him away from the Patriots because I think if he if he thinks he only has one or two more years left, he might say. Do I really think I can win a Super Bowl next year with the Chargers against Mahomes? Do I really think the Titans are good enough to win a Super Bowl in the next year? And he might just say, I'm going to, for the legacy, I'm going to go back to the Patriots, see what we can do this year, and just be, you know, do that to my home, stay loyal to my hometown, and just be, you know, the greatest of all time. Always been a Patriot. You can always say that about him. There you go. Things are definitely heating up with that Tom Brady talk for sure. So keep your eye out. Free agency starts in a few weeks, and it's going to get really interesting. So I want to close out the show now talking about the Philadelphia 76ers and what do they possibly do now. Here we go. Talking Sixers, it's a lot. So at the beginning of the season, hopes were extremely high for the Sixers. Like talks about, could they be the best team in the league? Can they bully everyone? Being the one seed in the East, title contention, just all of it. I mean, we were talking about who's going to stop the Sixers. Well, now it's all crumbled down. I mean, you look at them. Al Horford, and I can go off on Horford, but for time's sake, I'm going to try to contain myself, has been a bust so far this year. Tobias is a good player, played well last night, shot really well against the Knicks, so it's nothing to write home about. I don't think he's a max player. Bench is okay. I mean, it's nothing It's nothing that's going to wow you, like, wow, Sixers have a great bench. Yeah, it's better than we have in the past. Yeah, no not, doubt. Not, I think great. And now... Recently, I'm hearing that Glenn Robinson III is already not happy with his minutes. Now, granted, Glenn Robinson, you shot 40% from three with the Warriors. Since the trade, you've shot, you ready for this? Zero. He has not hit a shot for the not hit, sorry, not hit a three-point shot for the Sixers. Shooting 0% for a guy that they brought in to be a three-point shooter, him and Burks. Burks has been okay. I, I got no issue with Burks. But... Finally, the cherry on top with the Sixers. I mean, it's one of, if not the most talked about thing in the NBA right now. Injuries to both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Joel is getting an MRI soon. They said he's going to, you know, reevaluate him in a week. And they said Ben Simmons currently is out indefinitely. And they're going to take two to three weeks and then check up on him and then give a report from there. So that's at least two weeks. We're looking at possibly longer Maybe even season over. I mean, it's a back injury for a big point guard. Ben Simmons' season could be over. So it's just, it's something that it's been it's been tough if you're a Sixers fan to really see how this season is going. So if you ask me, chances of the Sixers doing anything in the playoffs, if the team was as right now, no chance. They're done for this season. It's tough. It's it really. I mean, I, I, I am a huge fan of the Sixers, and I may have been one of the most positive fans out there going into the season, but as it looks right now, Sixers not at a good point, not standing very well, and 
your two best players are currently hurt and you know there's not an official date for them to return so it's just it, it, it's all come apart and David I know that you're a pretty big Sixers fan as well so what's your view on how they're doing right now and what do they possibly do for the rest of the season yeah I'm with you on the beginning of the season I had them winning the east I thought they could beat the Bucks I mean most people saw it as a two team race between the Bucks and the Sixers and I I thought they were primed to take down the Bucks um Obviously, they signed Horford, and they had Embiid to have that nice interior defense to stop Giannis. And I wasn't going to say I wasn't going to pick them for the finals. If you asked me in the beginning of the season who you'd pick, I would have I would have said Clippers, and kind of hold my breath because I, I love the Sixers, and I I really thought they had the talent to be able to win a title. Oh, yeah, no, I I had the beginning of the season I had Sixers over Clippers in seven because I think it'd be a great. I thought it was would have been a great series, but now if they took their team and went to the finals against the Clippers. They might get one game, maybe two, the way it's looking right now. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I probably would have had the Clippers winning in seven in a Clippers-Sixers matchup. Um, it's t- it's just tough uh, with everything that's happened this year. Uh, obviously, like this season has the potential to be like one of the most just disappointing seasons ever. Um, oh, oh, no like, doubt. I've ever seen. Certainly for the Sixers, but we've seen like with the Eagles, like I had to win the Super Bowl this year, and they obviously fell off. Oh, well yes, that. Oh, like we've I, seen disappointing seasons. But like this has the potential to just be so upsetting because I was so hyped for this team. I thought, oh, it, it like, was it wasn't just you or me. It was. Yeah. I mean, there was national media was talking about once they signed Tobias and they brought in Al Horford. They were saying, "Is this the best lineup in the NBA?" Not just the East. They were saying, "Do the Sixers have the best lineup in the NBA?" And then now you look at it, like I said earlier, Tobias can be off and on. Al Horford's been a bust. There's no way around it. Your top two guys are hurt. Josh Richardson, their other starter, is a solid player, but also had an injury, which clearly has had an effect on him. Yeah, yeah. Richardson, he started out like pretty well, had the injury, had his first injury to the hamstring, came back, wasn't quite the same, slowly kind of worked himself up to being back to what he was. We saw him have like huge games against the Heat, and he had another really big game. We saw like that he was he was shooting it pretty well. And then he gets injured again, other leg, injury to the other leg, comes back, and he hasn't been quite the same from that. And I love Josh Richardson, but he's clearly he's clearly been uh, hampered by some injuries. Leg injuries in the NBA aren't great. Um, you look at Tobias, not a max player. We gave him max money, biggest contract in, our, uh, in the franchise history. Which I think is still kind of, looking at the guys that they've had, I still think is somewhat embarrassing. And obviously people talk about... Oh, well, why didn't they give it to Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler most likely had his mind made up before the season ended, I want to go to Miami. Yeah, like, we don't I, have like, all the information there. but If it was up to the Sixers to keep one, I think they obviously would have chose Butler. But there wasn't a, t- a lot of you know hinting that Butler wanted to stay. Yeah, I mean, te- technically they could have taken both if, if they wanted to. But we just, don't, we just don't know enough. I think Butler... There's a ton of speculation. Maybe he he, did, he didn't like Simmons that well. Maybe he wanted to be the number one. I think that's probably the primary reason he went to Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he could be the number one. It there. wasn't necessarily relations. I mean, he and Joel Embiid are good yeah. friends. Yeah, but I think with the ball handling duties, like I, I think if Simmons and him didn't get along, which there's speculation about, that it would have been hard for them to coexist because they both want to handle the ball. And then who knows if we offered him the fifth year on the contract or what. So there's a lot of things there. So we signed Tobias, who I... I like, and he's obviously a better fit than Butler because he's a better yes. shooter and can stretch the floor more. But he's just he's he's hasn't been it. When Joel and Simmons are playing, he's had some games here or there, but 
most of the time he's just been a disappointment and he's not worth the money. Horford is, you know, I don't even want to talk about him because it's it's so it just oh, makes me so been, angry thinking about how he, bad he's there been. are Sixers fans who are upset that they did not trade him at the trade deadline. And when you talk about Al Horford, like if the Sixers could have traded the contract that they gave him, I think they would have. Nobody's going to take on that contract for a guy over thirty with the way that he's been playing. I mean, there's a, there's not many teams out there who have the cap room to take on a contract, despite who they might be willing to give up, which has been frustrating to the max for everybody in Philadelphia. So I want to kind of touch on also the injuries in terms of what they should do with them. So I look at Ben Simmons first. His injury seems to be a lot more serious than Joel's. He's out indefinitely. Could be season-ending. And if it's season, I think even if Joel comes back, if Ben's injured, it's done for. I don't think Joel can carry them long-term to a, a finals. Um, ben Simmons, it's a, back injuries can be very serious, especially for a guy who's 6'10", playing the point. So you think about someone injuring their back. Could it be a reoccurring thing during his career? What do you do with things like that? And then you have Joel Embiid who injured his shoulder. And it, it was, granted, it was something that was kind of unique. It wasn't like... He hasn't had shoulder problems in the past. It wasn't anything that Joel has talked about. He was he was yanked on kind of awkwardly out for the game. They're revealing him. However, if the injury, if they find something that's more severe than they think, like let's just say worst case scenario, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, both are out for the year. Sixer season is a bust. You get to the offseason. My mind this offseason, I think Brett Brown's gone. I think you got to bring in somebody new. Sorry, I like Brett Brown, but he's just not getting it done for me. I think they fire Brett Brown, bring in somebody new. If both guys continue to have these injuries or say Joel comes back, re-injures it again, or has this another injury, I think you trade Joel Embiid, personally, if you got to get rid of one of them. I, I love both of them. And I think that, like I've seen people say before, they're really great talents together. They could be better separate, maybe. But I think that if Joel, if another injury comes, you have to trade Joel. Because if he were to get re-injured, you're not going to be able to get as much for him because people are going to say, oh, well, he's had six, seven, whatever amount of injuries during his career. And he's only in his mid-20s. I mean, this guy can only do so much before he's got to retire due to injury. So I think this offseason, if you're the Sixers, you move on from Brett Brown regardless of what happens. And I think that you not necessarily this, not necessarily move off of him, but start fielding offers from Joel Embiid. What do you say? Yeah, I'm not there yet on the Sixers. I think Simmons I'm very worried about. Joel I'm not that worried about the, the current injury because no structural damage. It's a shoulder, so it's not like it's these leg or foot injuries that he's had in the past. Um it, they're going to reevaluate him in one week. I think he'll be back in the next few weeks. I don't think it's going to be a long-term injury. So I think he'll be back. Granted, we don't know if he will get re-injured. He's already so missed games. When you times. when you say more worried about Ben, are you talking about just specifically this year's injury? Or are you saying long-term you'd be more yeah, worried? Yeah, no. For Ben, I, I'm talking about the injury. Like I, I think there's, I think there's a, a 60, 70 percent chance he's not he's not there for any of the regular season. Maybe he comes back in the playoffs. But right now, I. I, that it's a back injury, reevaluated in two weeks. Uh, it do, it looks like it could just go on and on. And we saw him try to get back in the game, and then he gets injured again. So I just think I just don't trust 
you know, I don't trust the medical staff. I don't trust anything there. I don't think the medical staff's been good enough for us to say, well, they're going to get Ben Simmons back to us. And that, like, leads me to a little rant on the medical staff who put him in the Bucks game. Clearly he was injured. Yes, he plays, I... what, three minutes and is out? Was not smart like, on their part. It was t- terrible management of him. He's a franchise player, and you put him out there just to get injured again. And then, apparently, they said it was a different injury, which is total BS. We, there's no way that's true. He definitely just re-injured his back. He should have not been out here to play Bucks. I know, like, we had momentum after the Clippers game and then the next game, and you want to show that you can win on the road against the Bucks. Yeah, that would have been a huge win. But, like, but putting him out there is just it's it's, feb- it's February. It's February. Like, you have, you have, you know, a month and a half, two months left before the games get really competitive. There was no need for him to be out there, which is why, kind of like you said, like, it's a little unique with the with each injury because with Ben it was like he really shouldn't have been out there because he had he was having back issues. With Joel, you can't be like let's not put Joel out there. Someone might yank down his shoulder and injure. Like you can't just you can't predict that kind of thing. Yeah. So just with your point about talking about the offseason, I'm just not there yet because I do think Embiid's going to be back and I do think they can win a round of the playoffs with with no Simmons because. I mean, if you can keep the 4-5 seed, I'm I'm low on the Heat compared to a lot of other people. So I do think even without Simmons, you can well, beat the, the Heat. The Heat have been struggling lately. They, yeah. Right now, They've lost seven w- win percentage-wise, they're tied for the for the 4 seed. Just the Heat have the win over the Sixers, so that's why they're above them. Record-wise, the Heat have one less win but one less loss. So win percentage-wise, they're tied, which is really interesting to look at. But, I, I mean, yes, I think they could – Beat the Heat. I know that you said regardless of who has home court, doesn't really matter in your opinion. I think that the Sixers, because of how atrocious they've been on the road, would need to have the home court advantage to beat the Heat. Obviously, you say a little bit different. So, quickly touching, I want to get your opinion on what do you do with Brett Brown? Say, say Joel, say the most likely scenario that looks as if is that Joel comes back, Ben's done, and they lose in the first round. Do you still keep Brett Brown? Oh, if they lose in the first round with Joel, he's gone. There's no way you can bring it back after that. Um, he's just been in such a tough situation because you feel like you feel obligated to let him, you know, be in play, a playoff run with his guys after he sh- went through ten win seasons and stuff like that. But if they lose in the first round, he's definitely gone. If they lose in the second round to the Bucks, it makes it a lot more complicated. If they don't have Simmons or Embiid and they lose to the Bucks, you can't really say it's his fault because it's the Bucks and they're clearly the better team. But I think you just have to move on to on to uh, from him to send a message to the team. And I think he would be more of a scapegoat. Because if you're... A lot of people were saying, like, we, we could fire him in the middle of the season. I think if you're a management, yeah, you're no, going to be like, why would I fire no, men? Yeah. I can give a message to the fans by firing him yeah. if we no, don't no, perform. You, you got to let Brett Brown finish out the season. I mean, it doesn't... It really does not help when Joel Embiid is hurt, Ben Simmons is hurt, Josh Richardson has had his issues, and Al Horford's just been trash this year, and Tobias isn't a max player. Granted... It probably wasn't Brett Brown's call to give him the max, so you can't totally blame him on that contract. So let me throw this scenario at you. Joel and Ben both come back healthy. They're completely healthy. They win their first-round matchup, get to the second round, lose to the Bucks in six. Do you keep Brett Brown then? No. I think Brown, Brown should be gone, and I think, it's again, it's tough because you gave him players that just don't fit, and you're like, make this fit. And as a coach... Like, how, how are you supposed to do that with some of the players? And Horford's not shooting well. But he's had chances in the past. He's had two second-round matchups against T- Toronto. Last year was winnable. Celtics, Oh, They, they, they lost great, on the luckiest bounce maybe ever. 
Yeah. So I think I think it's a tough call, but I think that you gotta let him go and send a message that you're willing to change it up and get someone in there. Because also one of the things with Brown is like I feel like I've never really thought of him as a great like in game manager, like in late game situations, like I always think about the Raptors game earlier this year where they took a shot like way too early on the clock and Simmons had to heave a fadeaway. Oh, yeah, that is when they just... could, and they could have called a timeout. Like yes. such so mismanaged. And I think one of the things with him was always like he's a like he's a good players coach, he's a good relationship with the players. And then you look at this season and you have Glenn Robinson saying he doesn't know what his role is and all these problems in the locker room and you've had like we just don't know he was supposed to be this guy who's had good relationships with the players and now it looks like like they don't try on the road there's no effort there it doesn't look like he really has control of that locker room anymore so i think he would have to be fired it's definitely an interesting story with the philadelphia sixers but for now philadelphia fans can only hold their breath when it comes to the news of joel Embiid and ben simmons because that really is a huge factor in what goes on the rest of the year so I want to thank you guys for joining us for the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. We realize it's been a few months since we have had an episode come out, but we're happy to get back to it. Glad that you're able to be joining us on this episode. Again, whether it's streaming on Spotify or iHeartRadio. And we're going to try to keep this going like we did before in the fall. want to try to keep it up weekly, whether it's David and I or just I or maybe just David. Who knows? Maybe I'm sick one week. But we'll really we're going to work out to see what we can do. And just keep it going. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to also work on getting the website back up and going. We, I know that the different articles have not been going up. We, our logo is still out on bonfire.com slash bushyballerbrand. We got t-shirts and sweatshirts, so go check those out as well. We appreciate the views, and we'll see you next time. See his image more clearer going against me. I dare you. I'm fearless. I would not fear you. They told me I'll be a failure. Not for my time. I'm a failure. Attacking tracks like a killer and killer. Making a thriller. I've been on some different artists. Like I'm